Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Hello, time for the Luke Live Lounge. In a but obviously an auto, also sorry, a special episode with BT as well, which we will go on to explain shortly. Real mishmash of a show at the moment. Obviously, we didn't do a post-match point after Filler's best away display of the season due to the social media boycott to do with online hate and racism, which we we all thought was the right thing to do. So we didn't want to actually do a post-match point because we feel it belittles the stand a little bit. So we've also got BT involved in this video because they've also got an online hate campaign called Draw the Line that we will talk about later on in the show. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, we're going to go through the Everton game, talk about the BT campaign, and we're also going to look ahead to Man U on Sunday at Villa Park as well. I'm joined by Omar from the Villa Talks podcast. Omar, thanks ever so much for joining me, mate. How are you? Good, mate. Yeah, I'm just uh, getting over an ear infection. So uh oh. Just, just recovering a little bit, but yeah, I'm fine, mate, as well as can be, really. I'm sure yeah, there's plenty of people uh, worse off than me, so yeah, I'm all right, mate. Have you, having headphones in, it will no doubt help the, the ear infection. Yeah. No way, yeah. that's probably not what you needed this yeah. evening. So. I did, I so did just put my headphones in and it, was, uh, it did ache a bit, so you have to bear with me today, mate. Your ear infection over the weekend when Villa played so well? I did, but I managed to, I was sort of the first 10 minutes, I was really struggling to watch it, but then the painkillers kicked in and... Uh, I was fine, and then I thoroughly enjoyed the game after that. Yeah, let, let's talk about the Everton game at Goodison Park. Then I, I think it was Villa's most complete away performance of the season. You could probably argue Arsenal at the Emirates was up there as well, but without Jack Lane, there was just something about this performance that probably made it my favourite away day of the season. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I mean, definitely our best performance since Crystal Palace at home. Uh, I probably agree with the uh, sort of complete performance away from home. Let's not forget this is an Everton side who are pushing for Europe. It's uh, a team that's being built to challenge the top four, numerous big name signings. Uh, and obviously I know Rodriguez was missing as well, but you know, we were missing our, our talisman and we've been struggling massively of late to put that performance in. I, just, you know, I didn't expect it, but it was, 
it was an it was a fantastic performance. We're back to front, really. I couldn't really fault anyone no. in the in the entire team. I was saying at halftime, I was thinking, oh, guys, he needs to step it up because he obviously lost the ball quite a bit early on, and then did boy did he step up. Uh, and it was much much better second half, and then obviously scored the winner as well. So yeah, every single player, brilliant. I mean, the first question I'm going to ask you is, where's that been without Jack? Because we we've needed a few displays like that, and they just haven't come. It, it felt a little bit like everyone had kind of lost form at the same time, and then. It was like a big party on Saturday. Every, everyone came came together and, and and seemed to get form back. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. It was. Um, I mean, you saw signs of it against West Brom, definitely in terms of attack. It was one of our most uh, more attacking, fluid performances in recent times against West Brom. But then you know you might think actually it's West Brom. You know they they are a very poor team. Let's let's be honest, and and they were going for it as well, so leaving spaces. So you know you're thinking you don't want to read too much into that kind of performance. But then that first half. I just don't know. I had no idea where it came from. I think, you know, maybe fitness, maybe COVID, you know, maybe players were all starting to find their form and fitness back. I don't know. It's hard, hard to say, but it was such a good performance. So fluid uh, attacking wise, defensively we were brilliant. I know they scored from a, from a corner, but really everything else they tried at us, you know, we, we, we sort of, you know, our defenders were again, top draw midfield. I thought Louise and McGinn, finally, they found that, uh, their their form as well, and I think that that was a massive, massive reason why we did so well, and a massive reason why we haven't been doing so well previously has been our midfield has been so poor. But that midfield three of almost like Louise playing a six, McGinn playing like an eight, and then Barkley playing like a ten, which uh, surprised me that that sort of makeup massively, massively helped us win that game. I think and and uh, helped us impose ourselves on on a, on a let's not forget a pretty good Everton midfield. You know, Sigurdsson, Gomez, and Alan. You know, these are top top players who they've spent. Yeah. Yeah, hundred hundred or million on those three probably. Um all in all. And we've spent what fifteen million on, on the sixteen, seventeen million on the two that we've got, plus the loan for Barkley. So, you know, fair play. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, really. It was good to see Ross Barkley back to his best. There were signs of it against West Brom. I actually thought against West Brom, even though he was getting stick in some quarters, I actually thought he was our, our best midfielder in that game. And then I don't know whether it's because he was back on Merseyside, whether he's just ha- happened to have found some rhythm again. But he was back to somewhere near the Ross Barkley that we had the first few games of the season, mm. wasn't there? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about it on the uh, on the review pod, didn't we? That we, it was a much more encouraging performance from, from Ross Barkley and we were surprised he started, but he definitely made an impact in that game. And then, yet again, I thought from 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 the moment we kicked off, really, he was you could see he was up for it, um, and he was getting involved in, in everything. He he made tackles, which is something he doesn't really do. You know, he's one of the worst attacking midfielders in the Premier League when it comes to the defensive side of his game. But he was making tackles, interceptions. He was closing down the ball. I mean, you looked at the end of the first half; he had the most touches and the most passes of any Villa player in the first half and that's it's normally a defender like Mings or Konzo who has that stat for him yeah. to have it shows you as, as a number 10 the influence he was having on the game or, or the amount he was getting involved in the game and then by the end of the game he was the he, he uh, covered the most ground I think it was 11.4k he covered that's so again it shows yeah, it is I mean I mean yeah you know running stats is, is one of those isn't it you, I think Eden Hazard, Hazard was uh, Real Madrid's Best runner yesterday, and uh, he was hardly in the game. Got to so. say, I didn't even know he was playing until he the camera. he was laughing, yeah, yeah. Which uh, I didn't. I, if I was a Villa player and do that, I would. I would. Be happy, would you? I wouldn't be happy. No, but um, yeah, whatever. But yeah, I mean, it's not always an indication of of someone who's played well. But I thought it showed it showed, an, it showed uh, an indication of of effort at least, which is all that we can ask for from him. 
it shows you though as well, doesn't it? That's something that we have we haven't had. If we'd have had Ross Barkley firing in the time Jack's been out, that was one of the reasons Ross was brought in to take the burden off Jack. And if Jack was missing, someone who can be a creative force, someone that can carry the ball, someone someone that occupies the opposition, and it hasn't been there. I, I, I felt a little bit sorry for him at times because I don't think it comes down to a, a lack of effort at all. I no. just think things weren't coming off for him. He was frustrated. His fitness wasn't where it needed to be. But it goes to show you on his day. He's a very good player. Do you think it, it changes things with, with Villa bringing him in in the summer or do you just think that's completely dead? Oh, it's, it's funny you say that. I was, the, the first thing me and Mike talked about was as soon as the game finishes, would you buy him? Because, you know, it's just, that's the way fans are. We're, we're a fickle bunch, aren't we? Uh, mm-hmm. One minute we're like, I wouldn't even pay five million for him. The next minute we're like, well, if we get him for under 20 million, that's going to be worth a shot. But I, I don't know. It's, it's I mean, he's been poor for so long. And, and you're right. I don't think it's an attitude problem or... Or lack of effort you know people have been moaning at him or criticized him for the way he's come off you know kicking a water bottle or traipsing around the pitch slowly and, and things like that i don't think that's attitude problem i think that's him just annoyed with himself more than i think anyone else. who's played football has probably done something similar to that i know i have yeah yeah definitely definitely and and it's a it's a shame though because you know people wanted pr- proven ready-made premier league players that's what they wanted and uh, in, in, yeah. in the summer and that's what we bought with ross barkley and i mean it's not much Dino can do is when, when you're, you're, you're big. I know he was alone, but you're, he's a big name signing, isn't he? A ready-made player, like I said, to that come in. A, and I, to do... I thought he was an incredible signing at the time. Yeah. I yeah, thought, this shows progress. Yeah, and you know, I mean, if you were if you were Dean Smith and you know Jack's out, you bought Barkley, like you say, to 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 cover him and and be that attacking influence. And if he's not firing, then what can you do? What can you do? You know, if, if he's your main player's not firing, then you're, you're struggling really. You got to rely on other players, and you've got inconsistent wingers and players out of form it's difficult and confidence is such a massive thing in football I mean we'll talk about it later obviously in terms of online hate and things like that and I think mentality is such an important factor in football that that people do forget that you know these are these aren't robots in the day and who knows what Barkley was going through mentally physically he had COVID uh, issues at home you know you just don't know you, you, you don't know what's affected him but definitely I mean like you said these players they look, they look like a different bunch they look like they all hit form they all hit fitness all at the same time so Hopefully, it bodes well for the for next few games. Yeah, you'd like to see it all go well for the rest of the season, wouldn't you? My athletic colleague on uh, the podcast I do with him, Greg Evans, he mooted the Villa might be wise to try and get Barkley on loan again. What do you think of that? I wouldn't mind it. Uh, I wouldn't mind it. It's probably the way I'd go, to be honest. Um, you know, there's no... I don't, I don't think many people will be clamouring to sign him because the amount yeah. of money the Chelsea will want, no one's going to take a chance on him. Um, if he if he'd maintained his form that he had with us early part of the season, you know he'd, he'd they'd be fine. They'd have a, probably have a bidding war. But um, reality is, no one's going to pay more than twenty million for him. Chelsea probably won't sell him for anything less than twenty five, thirty million. So a loan deal, you know, we paid what eleven million for this loan, I think. I think so, uh, yeah. Something like that, including wages. In with, so, in with wages, yeah. In with wages, yeah. So probably a similar kind of amount. It's not a bad loan signing to have, really, is it? I don't know. What no. would you think? What, would you would you go for him? I think I would on loan, yeah, because you, we've, we've shown that we've needed a bigger squad and we're obviously going to make signings again in the summer. I think I think we'll spend big, but I think filling the squad up with, with good players. And, let, and let's face it, on natural ability alone, I'm not sure Villa can go in and get people that are a lot better than Ross Barkley, if I'm being perfectly honest. That, that yeah. might sound stupid, but on natural ability, he's a fantastic number 10 and he's, he's played for his country, he's played for Chelsea, you know. He's a good player. Tuchel will want to have a look at him. But then Tuchel the other day was talking at Ruben Loftus-Cheek as someone that he's he's always liked and compared him to Michael Ballack. I don't, I don't know whether you saw that. I'm not sure I can say the comparisons there <laughs> at all. But, you know, they're both coming back. 
if he's talking up Loftus-Cheek, you presume Loftus-Cheek is going to have a role to play. They've got a fantastic amount of attacking midfielders already. You know, there's not many places for Barkley to go. And if he is happy at Villa, he likes it there. He can maybe have a good end to the season. Do you remember when Tom Cleverley was on loan? Yeah, yeah. He was really disliked by the Villa fans in general. I, yeah. I always thought he was a neat and tidy player, nothing special. But then he had that really good end to the season, didn't he, under Tim Sherwood? And we, we all wanted him to stay. And then he obviously didn't. He went he went to Everton. If yeah. Barkley can end the season well, football fans have short memories sometimes. And everyone, I'd imagine everyone will want him back. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely a sea change, wasn't there, when uh, after the Everton game in terms of uh, Ross Barkley. Um I definitely saw on Twitter more people were like, well, you know, if he, if he maintains his form like this, then there's no, there's no reason why we shouldn't go for him. But I, I think, you know, cleverly, he, you know, scored that goal against Everton, didn't he? And, and did well fairly fairly on, uh, late on, sorry. In his he three in a row, I think. Three in a row, yeah. Um, I was actually watching that Everton game before the before the Everton game that we just had. But um, Good game, that was. Good game, yeah. Benteke scored, didn't he? I remember Delft playing. Nice to see Delft, by the way, uh, coming on and trying oh, yeah. to Traipsing past him, and I think McGinn left one on him as well, which was uh, which was nice. But anyway, um, yeah, Barkley. I, I, I mean, I think I think we have to go for a few loans because it's going to be so difficult otherwise to, you know, otherwise we're going to have to spend another 100, 150 million quid on four or five big name players to then push on again. I think loans is just sensible. I know we weren't keen first year because of this weird philosophy that we've taken and stance we've taken that we you know want to develop our own players, which is admirable. But in reality, the Premier League. It's a different different beast, isn't it? I think loans are part and parcel of uh, of football now, especially in the current market with COVID. I think you're mm. you're going to see you're going to see some big name loans um, yeah. because play, you know clubs will want to get players off their off their wage book for for a season or two. It happens in Europe all the time. You know, loads of players will go on two year loans. You'll see it all the time. Whereas the Premier League yeah, is yeah. Starting, starting to catch up a bit more. And I think um, I think Villa have to use that to their advantage as much as possible. Yeah, because if it yeah. helps us push on to the next stage, then whatever it's cost us, yes, the player might move on or whatever, but then we can then sign better players thereafter. So, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if there's any way we can do this, but producer Adam, I mean, I was going to say, if you're listening, I mean, you have to be listening, really. If you're not listening, <laughs> there's definitely, definitely something wrong. If you could get a quick poll. Maybe, maybe we're not even maybe on. Not, <laughs> yeah, maybe we're not even on. I mean, that, that has happened before, to be fair. If you get a quick poll up, maybe ask whether you'd, you'd sign Barclay on loan for next season. It'd be interesting to see what, what people think. So, yeah, I'll phone him under the bus there. He can either do it or he can't. If he doesn't come up, then don't have a go at him. He's obviously tried his best. Let's talk about the other midfielders then. Let's talk about the, the wingers. I thought Traore was very good to start off with. He was he was back to his fun best, wasn't he? Yeah. I found him fun to watch on Saturday, and that's what you yeah. want from him. Yeah, definitely, 100%. He's, uh, he's just... He, you just don't know what you're going to what to expect from from Troy. I think that's when he's at his best as well, when the defender doesn't know what to expect um, and what he's going to do the next minute. And that that that's the kind of player he is. He's um, he's a bit of a maverick. Um, he's a great dribbler. And I think the key there against Everton was, and and this was partly Everton's doing, is they they gave both Algarzi and Troy too much space, far too much space. And and you know he. Uh, he exploited that, and they put D, you know Dine was bombing forward, and it meant there was so much space in behind him that Torre and El Ghazi work at their best when there's space. If they get, you know, if they get uh, if, if the teams the opposition are sort of camped out and making it making it easy for them, oh sorry, making it difficult for them, then you know they're going to struggle and, and they they're not going to lose the ball, they're not going to do as much. But when there's space to run into, you can see the kind of skill that Torre has got in his locker when he did that to Alan and Alan sort of tackled him. Ta- Oh. Yeah, t- uh, tackled himself. I, c- I couldn't believe it. I thought I thought he just fell over, but then I watched it back, and he's actually tripped himself up. That's how good it was. But a gra- we needed that. You know, that performance has been 
I can't remember the last time he played that well. It was probably against Newcastle, I think. Fair, uh, that was the game I was going to call. He scored in that game, didn't he? Yeah, he scored in that game, and um, you know, it was, it was fantastic in that game. And and, and Algarzi as well. Another. And it seems like we've just got inconsistent wingers, but maybe it's just uh, oh, my doorbell's going. <laughs> Is that a Christmas doorbell? Yeah, it's still it's for January. January. Did that just go run all year? Yeah, I don't know what it is, but anyway. Jingle bells. I said I bought. Bells. A, yeah, jingle bells. Yeah, I bought it. I bought the uh, Echo Dot on the Ring doorbell at Christmas time. So uh, I've obviously kept it on since then. Also, who's at your door at twenty past nine? I'm quite intrigued to see to see who's going to be there. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't go. Maybe it's Alan after you just accused him of. Uh, Sorry, mate. I'm just live on. The I was. It's a Labour councillor. Uh, no, not not now, Labour. Uh, also, I would say it's a bit, a bit like to be canvassing at doors. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not voting for them now. Sorry. Absolutely. That's, that's outrageous from that. From Labour. Lost my vote. Absolutely outrageous. 20, 21 minutes past nine at the door. Absolutely. Kids spread. in the bed. And he's ringing the doorbell as well. Oh, that is, that is horrifying. And he's completely thrown what we were talking about as well, because we were talking about Anwar El Golzo. Just throw yeah. a, little, a, a little stat at you. Eight goals in 12 starts. He's got winners against Wolves, West Brom and Everton. And he got a very important goal at Chelsea as well. That's a, like, For somebody who didn't start a game until December, he might be inconsistent. He's not perfect. I mean, we haven't got many players that are perfect, to be fair, except for Jack Grealish, who is perfect. And we want you to stay forever, Jack. But do you know what I mean? That yeah. record, that's better than a lot of people that you'd say are top wingers. That record is very, very good. Let's not, let's not forget, Al Ghazi... Cost what eight million pound? I know we were, I know we had him on loan, but Iwobi, who was playing on the same pitch, cost three times as much, probably more than that, three and a half times as much for Everton, and he scored one goal this season. He scored one goal this season. And Al Ghazi has given me two, two of my favourite moments in recent years as a Villa fan. He gave me the playoff opener, which just was like the crowd just went crazy after that because that was a bit of relief. Just you know, like you were a bit worried about that final, and that, that was it. You knew we were going to win then, and yeah. then the goal against Everton last year at home which was like our, our sort of statement that we were back, which was, a, again, a massive moment, amazing atmosphere. And he's done so much for Villa. Yes, he's inconsistent uh, and he has problems. And, he, you know, that game summed him up because first half he was poor. He was losing the ball. He was going down blind alleys. He was he was sort of shirking 50-50s. And then the second half, he's a complete. I don't know what happened. He's a completely different player. He was keeping the ball. He was playing one-touch football with Barkley and Target. He was getting forward, linking up with Ollie Watkins. Uh, he wasn't losing the ball, and then obviously he scored the winner. And you you can't argue with him. He scored. You know, you're talking about the winners he scored. Uh, you know, he's got them. He's got the most points for Villa. He's won the most points for Villa of any player this season. Yeah, yeah. Which is most, which for, ten, is, most for ten years, isn't it? I think. I think. I saw something, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, ten years, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, what, how can you argue with that for eight million pounds? You know, to to buy an equivalent winger now, if you were going out and say, all right, I'm going to buy a winger. He's got okay. This winger's got four goals and five. Five goals and four goals, uh, four assists in the Premier League one season, and then eight goals, no assists in the next season. You'd be like, well, he's probably going to cost 30 million quid. And we, yeah. we've got him for 8 million quid. So you can't argue with him. Yes, he's inconsistent. But if we're going to if we're going to move on and go to the next level, then he's probably going to have to be sold eventually, I think. But there's no harm in having him as a squad player. No, no, definitely. I'd keep him for another year or two, definitely. Um, he's still young as well. He's still young. He's still, young. He's still he's, you know, he's, he's had a long career already. Even for a young lad, because he's been at various different clubs. He's been, I think, in Vitesse and, and Ajax, so two players with the French club as well. But you know, he's he's got, he's he's got a lot of talent, hasn't he? But he just needs a bit of coaching and a bit of confidence. And you know, we're gonna again, we're gonna come on to later on in terms of online hate. You know, he was obviously a a, a key example of that and what happened after the Stoke game. Um, and and people I mean, forget. Was, people, yeah. talk about, 
fans have short memories and and i i mean we're going to talk on later and i i'm 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 at fault here as well you know i've had my tiffs on the internet as well and and i can understand it when people get angry about football but directly abusing him and after everything he's done for villa you know he he, he he let's be honest he was the man of the match apart from maybe McGinn in that in that final he he got us back in the premier league that yeah. you could you know there's there's so many players where we spent 10 we spent the same money we spent twice as much uh, on them and they've done nothing for us they haven't even done a tenth of what Algarzi's done for us and, and never received the same kind of abuse so i, I think there's i think you know we, like that. yeah and our, our job our, our job as supporters is to to back them isn't it whether they you know there's nothing wrong with sort of criticizing and analyzing performances like we do on the pod but there's a difference between that and and ridiculing them and i think i think it's great it's the strength of character he's shown to get those winners to score that goal against Wolves, it all started from there, obviously. And I think Jack was key in that, giving him that penalty. And then he's, he's gone, obviously, gone on a good run. Jack and then again, he, yeah, he stepped up. And, and you know, all the players have said always that Algarzi is amazing in training. You know, he, he scores those kind of goals all the time, and he's never he's never sort of translated that. He, you know, normally, he shoots um, and, and he's saw me straight at the keeper or wide. Uh, there's a, there's a sort of um, impression of him that he's a bit of a wayward shooter but i think he's after only lingard he's, he's the second best in terms of shots on target per per 90 which yeah, he's is, the target he hits the target it's a target nine yeah. times out of ten yeah yeah and, and you know he's, he's you know he's quick he's he's uh he can play with both feet he's good in the air um he's got a good shot on him and he's, he's, a, he's a good crosser as well so he's got the attributes he just maybe needs a bit more support as simple yeah, as that it's the mental side of things the mental side in, in football is, is absolutely massive and let me tell you, it would be a lot worse off without Anwar El Ghazi because I haven't got the stats in front of me, but I presume he's second top goal scorer behind Watkins this this yeah. season. Maybe Jack's yeah. probably Jack's probably third or or second. I think Jack's probably third now. He's been out forever, hasn't he? Let's let's face it. So El Ghazi second top goal scorer. So Aston Villa are in a far worse place without Anwar El Ghazi, and he's. I think he's had a great season overall from nowhere, especially in in terms of productivity. And when you think about, he didn't get anywhere even near the bench. For the first maybe quarter of the season, I, I think his, his numbers are incredible and long may it continue. And that's the thing with him now. You always feel when he gets on a run of goals, it's yeah. going to continue. So watch out, man. I mean, if, if he if he gets another that. another couple, then he'll be in double figures. And I think mm. might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Apart from Hurahan, which obviously he scored double figures in the championship, but I think he's probably be the first player since David Platt to score double figures from midfield. Which yeah, is Tails never, Tails never got to double figures. Tails never got. Barry he, never did. He, Young never he did. Nine. Yeah, Tails got to nine. Never quite made the double figures. Yeah, he got to nine, 97, 97 98. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why. I, why do I even know that? Because you love Tails. I do love Tails. I do love Tails. I do love Tails. We've been talking we to you today, actually. Tales. Bit of a name drop. Bit of a name drop, but you know we like a name drop. I mean, we're a channel that's associated with Chris Dolan, so a, a name drop is always paramount on a, on a Villa View show. Let's just talk before we move on to the BT online hate stuff. Let's just talk about Watkins. Another goal, another excellent performance. I just think as a lone centre forward, I just think he's absolutely incredible. He's, what, a, what a player. Honestly, I don't, yeah. he's he's not missed a minute of football for Aston Villa. And he's still gunning it every single game. You know, he's he's non-stop. Even at the end uh, against Everton, I think a ball went back to their goalkeeper and he was running from the centre spot to try and close it down in the goalkeeper's area. He's miles away and he's trying to sprint it full power. He's just an amazing player. And I think his attitude and, and determination is a big factor in terms of why he's so good, but he's got he's got the skills as well. You know, he's a he's a good finisher. He's, he's getting better as well every week. Getting way. better as well, yeah. And with, under Dean Smith, he obviously he, he will get better. That's what that's what Dino and his coaching staff do. They make players better. Uh, and his finishing is always been decent, but it's improved. But I think the the best thing about Ollie Watkins is 
his ability to control the ball and lay it off for, you know, he's what, he's 5'11", probably? He's not like a massive guy or anything like that. But uh, he can he holds off anyone, uh, not just holds them off, but manages to get the ball under control and find a player. That's such a difficult thing to do for a striker of his size. Um, you know, his all-round game is just it's just brilliant. And, and what a signing. He's worth, what, double that, do you reckon, now? What, what well, you we pay get, for him? You, you, get, you get 40, 50 million for, for, for Arlie Watkins now. I think in the, in the current market, I think he does everything that you would like a, a lone striker to do, which sounds stupid because I'm... In other podcasts, I'm pushing for us to sign a centre forward because because basically we need one. And yeah. saying some, some some games only can play out wide. A lot of teams play their main goal scorer out wide, but he does give you so much as a as a lone forward. He's I call him a, he's like a bit of a disruptor because he just yeah. disrupts defences. Like like you say, he always seems to, to be the first to the ball. Even when you yeah. think he's not going to get there, and the defender's got the like, like a better starting put position than him, he always gets there. He always holds it off, and he always lays the ball off as well. I, yeah. I just think he's been an unbelievable signing. And I think most people are probably... Oh, sorry. No, it's nice. Should I tell you who he reminds me of? Um, Go on. Keep me. Dean Saunders, back in the back in the day. Your, mem- your memory's got to be better than mine, because I, I, Dino was in my first few seasons as a season ticket holder, but I, I just don't remember it. I, 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 love, I know Dino just because my brother absolutely loved him. I loved Dalian Atkinson. Uh, and... I just remember him, Dino, just the same as a Watkins, just non-stop running nuisance. all the time. Nuisance, like proper nuisance. Sorry, I interrupted you. Go on. No, no, I was going to say, I think like most people, I think Emmy Martinez will probably end up getting player of the year. Mm. I think, to be fair, Target, there's a few that will be unlucky. Target and concert will, will be up there as well. But I think Ollie Watkins would be very, very unfortunate not to get it. Is that 15 goals now for him? I just in think all, he's... In all competitions, in all competitions yeah, Including yeah. England, I think that is. Yeah, it's, as well. yeah, it's 20... Uh, Goal contributions are fifteen and five, I think. Yeah, but I mean, he, he's hit the bar or the post seven times. He's missed goals he's missed disallowed. Goals, two goals disallowed. He's had a penalty miss as well. So he could have easily had twenty goals this season. Yeah, I, I mean, I think next season he could hit somewhere near that. You presume that we're going to get better as well next season. I mean, I imagine if Jack had been fit for the last 10, 11 games as well, you'd imagine he'd have a few more goals to his tally then yeah. as well. I just think I think he'd be very unfortunate not to win it because everyone talks about Martinez, rightly so. He's come in and made a real difference. I think the consistency of having the same goalkeeper every week has really helped and he's authoritative and he's one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League. When you think back to our problems up front last season, Watkins has just completely got rid of all those troubles on his own, playing every minute you know i think he'll be very unfortunate not to get player of the year to be fair player of the year i think he's uh, I, I think i've talked myself into voting for him to be honest yeah. and you talk talking me into it as well i think and he'll probably talk yeah, to a lot yeah, of people yeah. listening to this i think he, he has to get been amazing like better than i ever expected but he has made a few mistakes as well which which most keepers do um and not to say watkins has been brilliant every game but i think the fact that he never gives up a bit like bit, it reminds me a bit like james milner when we when we first had him he was playing when he's playing on the right hand side when he when we signed him properly for martin Hill. he that first season he struggled a little bit but he never gave up like he'd have bad games but he just put a shift in and, and he'd and, yeah. he'd, and he'd, you know he'll tackle someone or or get the crowd up or do something and and sometimes that's for for our fans who want simple things almost they that, that's enough yeah, I mean, I feel a bit sorry for him, maybe, because ever since that clean sheet record with Fredo's been talked up, we barely gets a clean sheet. He, I, I, he looked like he was going to be a certainty to make that, didn't he? Yeah. And now yeah. he's like, are we going to keep a clean sheet again this season? Is he going to equal, even manage to equal the record? Hope, hopefully he does, because I, I think he deserves it. But yeah, ever since that was talked up, I feel like we haven't kept a clean sheet. When's the last time we kept, I can't remember the last time we kept a clean sheet. It must have been... I want to say Brighton, but, oh no, Leeds, probably Leeds. Leeds, yeah. 
Must I'd have thought that would have been the last time. It's yeah. probably it's probably an obvious game that we've missed, but yeah, that's the one the last one I can think of anyway. I mean, we haven't won, we haven't won that many <laughs> since, <laughs> yeah. since, since, then, since then. To be honest, we definitely think they'd be clean sheet against Fulham yeah. or Everton, so I'm I'm pretty sure yeah, Leeds would have been would have been the last clean sheet, and that feels like it was a, a fair while ago. And who was it who scored the winner that day? I missed that off my list earlier. Oh, you did, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was a great goal as well because yeah. it was like an ice rink, and Watkins picked him out, and then he uh, he controlled that like, as he was falling over. So again. Yeah. Yeah, stepped up. He steps up. He's a bit. He's like the opposite of most wingers. He's all end product. Most wingers yeah, are everything. Everything but end product. And and the other thing as well. He's for for people say you know he's he's actually not great or he's a he's a bit of a shirker. He pretty much pretty much all the big games. He he steps up. He steps up in the big games. That's that's the that's what he is. He's a he's a big game player. And that's uh, not something you get very very often from players. To be honest, wingers no, especially. Well, obviously, it's been a jovial. Uh, show so far because Villa have won and we're obviously always all happier when Aston Villa have got three points but we do need to get serious now you'll see that this show is in association with BT Sport and we do need to raise some awareness for their draw the line campaign we have got a little VT that actually we need to need to run that probably explains it better than I will so if Adam the producer can run the VT that'll give you more information about what the campaign is and, and why it's being done. I receive uh, online hate, I'd say, daily. Every single day. Probably every time you pick up your phone, you see something negative. The worst I've ever had was 24 hours after my father passed away through, you know, Alzheimer's, had it for five years. And then the next day, a tweet saying, has your father's body decomposed yet? There'll always be a picture in my head of that tweet. Even if you are really thick-skinned, when you're getting a 1,000 a day, it does change your psychology somewhat. It does make you more aggressive. It does make you more snappy. There was a period in my life where the single biggest source of stress was the criticism that was coming my way on social media. It, it takes over your life. The thing that hurts most about online hate is that people are continuously allowed to get away with it. A year in, year out, it's getting worse and worse. Certain threats trigger something else off that's really affected you in your own life. It's hard to kind of verbalise how it affects you. You feel like you're in the middle of this storm and it's, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty lonely place to be. The main reason why I'm actually speaking out isn't for people like me who have a blue tick. It's the 14 or 15 year old boy or girl, the silent victims that get bullied online, have nowhere to go and take their lives. Because that happens, that actually happens. And I think the thing that surprised me most is how scary it is. There was online abuse coming from all angles. I've had messages saying, kill yourself. It doesn't feel safe anymore for me to be on Twitter. I think people think that it's just words, but it's not. I understand why people get upset. It's an emotional game, but there's certain lines you don't cross. That one tweet, people don't realise the consequence of it. One message from you could, could literally push someone over the edge. People are just struggling, you know, people may see online abuse as some sort of outlet to get it off their chest, but they don't realise they're getting it off their chest and onto someone else's chest, and that's not right. I'm Mark Alera, and our purpose at BT is to connect for good, which is why we're launching our campaign, Draw the Line. Over the next few months, you'll see our social media teams respond, delete, block, and report 
any hate speech that we see on our channels. I think that it's really important for everyone to stand up and be an ally for those people who are under the cosh. What kind of world do we want to live in? We all have a part to play. It's time to draw the line. Yep, so as I say, I think that, that video explains it a lot better than I would have done. I'm just going to read out some stats here that, that, that BT have sent us that are, quite frankly, just ridiculous. So online abuse doubles during high-profile football matches. I, I think we all see that on social media. Anyone that's on Twitter can absolutely just completely agree with that because you can see it, it, it's there. Religious abuse increases by 65% during a game. Sexual orientation abuse is 45% higher over the average 90 minutes. Again, I've seen some shocking stuff recently in that regard. During the course of a single track match, an average of one in 10 abusive tweets in the UK was sent from a troll account. I mean, Omar, I mean, everything you've read there, you, you probably know, but it's good to see it as facts because social media, it's, it's been great for me, if I'm, being, if I'm being totally honest. It's opened up a lot of doors for me and given me a lot of opportunities, but there's a real, real horrible dark side to it as well, isn't there? Oh, it really is. It really is. And, and I'll be honest, it's, it's put me off. Um, I, the only reason I really go on Twitter these days um, is to, to post the episodes for the podcast. That's it, really. Uh, now and again, I'll go on it a bit longer. Whereas before, probably early days, sort of seven, eight years ago, you'd, you'd go on it all the time, you'd be on it all the time. But it's just the, the amount of abuse, the amount of rubbish you see on there, the amount of arguing, the tribalism, you know, everyone wants to argue about everything. Everyone wants to take an opinion or a side and everything. No one's willing to just let things be. Uh, and then that just leads to other things. And as soon as you become, you know, it becomes tribal, then people fight over the stupidest things. And then that's when the animal comes out and you see this trolling, you see this abuse and people can hide behind whatever they want, a username, uh, a random digit, whatever on their username is, you know, they, they don't have to show themselves. And that, yeah. lends it, that lends itself to, unfortunately, the kinds of things that you see, you know, you look at Gabby's Instagram, you, you look at Raheem Sterling, you know, what was it? Uh, was it 24 hours after the social media boycott? He was, he was racially abused. You know, that it's just, and a lot of these are kids, you know, that a lot of these are under yeah. 18, you know, they're, they're little school kids and you, you start to think what, what's going on there? What have they heard? What have they listened to? Is it from the parents or is it online? Is it forums? What is it? And it's just, they don't understand the consequences of their actions. You know, you're lucky a lot of these people are strong mentally and, and, and are able to take it, but there, there'll be people out there that are not strong mentally. Mm -hmm. and, and that could be the difference between them being here one day and not being here the next day. And that's, that's the honest truth of it. And, and you yeah. know, we're, we're all guilty of doing stupid stuff and saying stupid stuff on the internet without thinking. We're all guilty of making a comment on something that we don't understand, retweeting an article that we haven't read or, or things like that, or saying or say something, not abusive, but saying something going a little bit too far maybe you know i think everyone does that but as long as you're willing to learn and, and become a better person and sort of not censor yourself but just understand the consequences of your words then, then that's what we need to be get, the kind of situation that we need to getting at and and social media companies have a responsibility um, yeah that's where it's wrong isn't it they're, they're yeah. not doing enough no not at all not at all and uh, you know I, i've been on the villa talk forum as an example for for a long period of time and i'm there you have moderators and everyone sees everyone's post and and they're as soon as any sort of abuse or anything like that happens, which is which has happened to me on there, you know, I've been I've been abused on there before and join the club. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and you you know what it's like, and and I didn't really I didn't really understand it until I started my own podcast, and before I would comment on things and 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 sort of just not throwaway comments, but almost like oh this is rubbish or that's rubbish or this could be better. But actually, a lot of this, this people have put a lot of hard work into that kind of stuff for whatever they're doing. They're putting they're, they're putting themselves out there. 
and and it's a bit like Villa players, you know, they they might have a bad performance, they might not do well one day. It's not for lack of trying; they're not doing it on purpose. And I think as soon as we people realise that and just be nicer, simple as that, really. Yeah. It is simple as that. Like, what what is what benefit are you getting from abusing someone on the internet? Like, what is that doing for you personally? Nothing. No, I mean, so, I mean this this BT campaign. It's, it's a really good campaign. I'm not just saying it because obviously that we, we've got them associated with this show. But you know, I've seen that clip that, that we just played. I've seen it three or four times now, and it, it's powerful stuff. You know, these guys are, are mega stars. That the people talking, but they, they've got feelings. That they, they're human beings. They they have bad days too. You know, even if you, you saw with um, you've seen with celebrities in the past. You know, they can get pushed over the edge. As well, I mean, we've both got an example of, of stuff that, that we've been involved in. I mean, I'm not for one minute comparing myself to a professional footballer or a celebrity, but, you know, I have had stuff on, on social media and some of it's been from Villa fans, which is which is hurtful because at the end of the day, I'm just expressing my opinion about, about my football team. You don't have to agree with me. I've got no problem with anyone that disagrees with, with what I say because, let's face it, I say as much rubbish as, as, as the next man. I've been wrong a number of times. So, yeah, call me out, but by all means, but it's... It's the abuse and when people get personal that's too far. And it's, it's interesting you say about about it being kids because they, these faceless accounts, I, I mean, some of them are grown adults, which quite frankly is is appalling. But, you know, some of it is kids. I, I had someone send me a tweet. At the time, I didn't I didn't know it was a kid. It was a, it was a faceless account. It was I didn't know who it was. Sent me a tweet after Villa. I just got back from Sheffield. I remember the game. Just got back from Sheffield. We'd been pummeled 4-1. Not I had a good day, actually, but not a great result. Not a great time for Villa. And I'd had a tweet saying, I'm going to I'm gonna rape your wife. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to make you watch. And I was like, I'd ne- to be honest, I've had, I've had abuse before. I've had people give me stick. That's fine. I can deal with that. But that one, I was like, oh, my God, that is that is serious. Like That is a, that is a threat. I don't, I don't know anything about that. But... I mean, I'm not MI6 by any stretch of the imagination, but I actually managed to track this person down through through social media and Facebook, and I found his, I found out who it was. It was a kid. It was a 15-year-old kid, and I found his dad's business. I just called his dad, got his email address, sent over the sent over the screenshots. He couldn't believe, you know, his dad. I've got to say, no idea his child was doing this. He's yeah. absolutely mortified. He was he was practically in tears down the phone to me. He I've got to say, he handled it brilliantly, like he. The, the lad who had done it had to had to ring me up. He had to apologise. He was in tears down the down the phone to me. And he said, he's, the reason for doing it was he just wanted a reaction. Mm. I, mean, I mean, like I say, I'm absolutely nobody. Why why would you want a reaction off me? It doesn't achieve anything. It doesn't do anything. But th- those words at the time when they're on the screen, mm. I, I honestly couldn't believe it. That was my first proper experience of, of things like that. And, you know, that's the kind of thing that, that professional athletes, that celebrities – they're putting up with that stuff tenfold all day, every day, probably, and it's just not acceptable. Right, it's sickening, isn't it? I mean, I, I didn't know that. You, you never, never told me that before, but it's horrible. Imagine, imagine, I, I could imagine how you must be feeling. Imagine your wife hearing that, listening to that. Yeah, well. yeah, I'd have to tell her, didn't I? Because I was worried. Yeah, of course you. You sure so you should be. And it, and like I said, it's, it, it, I, I'm not surprised it was a 15 year old kid because it's not. I'm saying it's just kids because it's like I said, it's grown adults. And I've seen grown adults and the stuff that they come out with as well. And it's exactly the same and sickening as well. But I think you know the social media companies have a responsibility, don't they? They they need to be monitoring this or, or putting in systems that make it uh, a far safer place for for online communities and 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 people generally. You know, and the internet's been an amazing thing. But sometimes I do kind of wish that we went back to the early 2000s with the internet and just had the simple the simple times. Uh, 
because you know, this could, the way social media is now, it really, it does put me off. And it makes me worry. I've got, you know, two young children, third on the mm. way. And I'm thinking, you know, the social media world, this, this kind of social media world is a completely different world to me. It's not something I understand, to be honest. And I, 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 I would be extra careful about what my kids do online because before it was, you know, like they're going to get into trouble. Someone's going to take advantage of them. Now it's thinking that they're going to get in trouble. They're going to do something stupid. Um, because you know, it's, these kids are impressionable. They've probably heard it from someone. They've probably seen it somewhere and that's it. They think that's the right thing to do. It doesn't mean that they think that or they're that, that kind of person. It's just they're young kids. And, and that's where, again, social media companies have a, have a responsibility to, to put things like ID in place and, and verification steps in place to make sure that everything's traceable. So no one feels like they can take advantage of the system and, and get away with it. Yeah, I mean, some of those th stats that, that I read. I mean, I'm, I'm not sat here for one second saying that, that I'm a science. I've, I've done things in my life that, that I'm not proud of. I've made mistakes in, in my life as well. But you've got you to try and learn from it. I like to think that lad that I talked about, uh, hopefully he's, he's learned something from that and he's, he's taken something away and he'll, he'll have made a change in his, in his life. But, you know, some people that, that don't learn, they'll do this stuff continuously. I think about the, the abuse that, that, that females take to do with football as well. I mean, think about Michelle Owen a few weeks ago when she was on Sky and she had a bit of a Chris Kamara moment. Mm. The difference between the reactions when Chris Kamara did it all those years ago and when Michelle did it on Sky, it's, it's night and day. It's, a, it's an absolute disgrace. And so, so, like I say, some of the, the stuff that these these people in the public eye have to have to go through, it, it's it's unbelievable. And you, you've got experience, haven't you, of, some, of something that you were involved in that, that yeah. happened? Yeah, yeah, and, and this is your your point about learning, and and you know we're not. I'm I'm not a saint at all. I've never really, never really trolled anyone or directly abused anyone. That's not the kind of person I am, but mainly because I just can't be bothered. But I did. I, I have done something stupid before, and this is an embarrassing thing that I'm going to say, just so people understand um, what 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 your the consequences of your actions, basically. So this was probably four years ago. It was about the time where Steve Bruce was in charge of his full season. And I think we'd just we'd lost like Cardiff, Ready that season, and Mika we lost to everyone. Let's face it, that season. it was it was like when we just like said the first seven games was terrible, and I, and I was just annoyed. I was, you know, just pissed off really more than anything else. And and I've never ever done this before, uh, and I've never done it since. But I, I I think it was Mika Richards. Either he posted something or Aston Villa posted something about him, and I just wrote in there about, you know, he's a waste of money or he's he's unfair, he's overweight. Um, and, and something like Robin Olivia or something stupid like that. I can't remember the exact wording, but it was something like that. And I just I just wrote it there and I was just annoyed about Villa. And and then literally probably 10 minutes later, I got a DM for Michael Richards with a with a sort of a hand clapping emo emoji. Uh, and then from that, we had a really long conversation. And we still speak now actually and occasionally. Uh, because he basically just explained to me, he said, you know, this is what this is what you're saying. Um, this is, you know, imagine, imagine my mum or my dad was listening to that and see that, seeing someone say that about their son. Uh, imagine, you know, you're, you're saying that, but you don't understand what's happening in the background. And, and, he, and he, you know, I'm not going to go into it now, but he, he then proceeded to tell me exactly what happened, why he was unfit, how he was trying, and you know, he, he'd never give up. And he talked about Ashley Westwood and the abuse that Ashley Westwood got, and the fact yeah, that he was, playing, he was playing in the Premier League at the time for Burnley, uh, and, and the way the fans had been with him. Uh, and he mentioned about how Villa fans, you know, w the players need the support. And he said, you know, uh, luckily, he said, this was him speaking, luckily I'm strong mentally, but imagine that wasn't a, a player who was strong mentally, how that would affect them. And, and it made me think about, now I'm thinking about it, things made me think about El Ghazi and things like that, things that were said to him. And this is me that, you know, I'm, I'm owning up here that yeah, I, 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 learned, I, I, I learned from that. I was like, 
No, geez, that's you know, and I, I, I know, being honest, I, I work with football players all the time as part of my job. So this is me, thirty-two year old, thirty-one year old at the time, professional, working with football players, and and I and I did it, and I got into that stupid, I got into that stupid headspace of doing that, but I learned from it. I was like, you know, there's no way I can be doing this. What am I doing? What is wrong with me? You know, how, how why have I said that? And then after that, luckily, Mika Richards was so good, and he explained everything that had happened, and he talked it, would talked it through with me, and and we sort of left it amicably and then since then we've talked a bit more uh, about things but then you know obviously then everyone's seen what had actually come out about you know Mika Richards actually having an opportunity to go and the club blocked it and things like that which which now yeah. makes sense but it was just goes to show that you don't actually know what's happening you know you make those critical comments or those abusive comments or whatever you don't actually know what the story behind it uh you look at Hel Nicholas Hellenius as one example that you know there yeah. was there's stuff about him and said and then you find out afterwards he was going through a lot of mental issues and things like that and and you know there's that that kind of stuff that happens all the time that's why we were talking about Barkley earlier you know you don't know what's going on in the background and i think we just need to if you do something wrong you do something wrong you know everyone makes mistakes but you got to learn from it you got to you got to get better and i think as long as everyone takes those steps and and tries to implement those steps then the world will be a better place and social media will be a better place yeah, and that's hopefully what these campaigns do. Hopefully they do make people think, because people need to think. I mean, I'm not, not going to go into it massively, but the, the racist stuff at the, at the moment, is that's the, that's the worst part. It's, it's all yeah. bad, but it's just absolutely out of control now. Society's out of control, and so, yeah. something needs to change in society. It's not just social media. It, it's everywhere, but all, all that stuff is absolutely out of control at the moment. And just keeping it on, a, not from a football standpoint, because obviously we're, we're a football show, you know, as you've said, these, these footballers, they have feelings and you think you're going to write something that they're not going to see it. I, I know a professional footballer. He looks at everything on, the, on his social media. He knows what everyone is, is saying about him on social media. The, 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 every player will be different, but I'm telling you, you'll write, if you write something bad, I reckon there's over a 50% chance that that footballer is going, going to read that. And if you catch someone on the wrong day, you don't want to be responsible for, for, for what could happen to that person and, and it shouldn't be happening. And as I've said, the main message here is that the social media companies, they absolutely have to do more because it's completely, it's unacceptable. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry, but obviously something different there there for the show. We'll get back to talking about Villa now, but it, it's so important that that stuff is spoken yeah. about because the more people speak about it, hopefully the, the more it's going to be eradicated and hopefully a, a line can be drawn to, to coin the BT pun because it needs eradicating. Our favourite opposition on Sunday <laughs> at Villa Park. Um, Man U come for another home game at, at Villa Park, don't they? The record over the years is absolutely horrific. To put this in perspective... My second season as a season ticket holder. That was the last time Villa beat Man U, and I've had a season ticket for 25, 26 years, I think I think now. My second season as a season ticket holder was the last time Villa beat Man U at home. That, it's just an incredible record. So you, you would think that all over these years we'd have a bit of luck somewhere along the line to, to win a game. They get a man sent off, we, they get two men sent off, or we get a lucky penalty or something, lucky goal, deflection off a balloon, anything, you know. Um, <laughs> nothing. It's just, yeah, we just I mean, had the score. We just had the score pulled, pulled up. Absolutely crazy game going on Roma three, Man U two, five eight, on aggregate. Yeah. Hopefully they're getting taken taken through the paces a, a little bit more than we thought they might do tonight. Oh wow, that's good. Well, yeah, that's that's better. Well, it'd be nice if that went to extra time. Who? Uh, I was wondering about that actually because obviously they've got four four games in like they've got a crazy schedule. Crazy schedule, crazy. wouldn't they? So. Uh, I was wondering. They looked like they played pretty much. Of, yeah, they played their first team apart from Van, Van der Beek. So hopefully that bodes well for us. But then again, I think last time we played someone in Europe playing on a Thursday night was Leicester City, and they 
they comfortably beat us really. So Man United, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Man United could be could have been in the relegation places, lost every game, and then they come us, they come against us, they'll be banging form. They're suddenly yeah. fine. They're suddenly fine. Every gear that they need to to win, it's just one of those things, isn't it? And I, I'm not dreading it, but I just it's sort of a. I hope the players aren't like this, by the way, but it's a bit almost like an acceptance that it's not going to be our day. And that shouldn't be the way we are as fans. I think if Jack was playing, I'd be feeling completely different about it, um, especially after the Everton performance. But I think, you know... With but at least Shaw, we have got some momentum and confidence. Yeah, yeah, we have, we have. And, you know, there's no... I don't think the players will be... You know, they'll bang up for it. They'll be well confident, yeah, yeah, especially course. that, you know, Warrior have taken Man United to to you know, 90th minute and, and making them play hard. Um, I think... It's going to be a difficult one. We're at home, obviously, but I don't think home and away really matters too much. But what a, se- what a season it will be to, to finally beat them. You know, it'll be such a good time to, to beat them without Jack. I want to be well. there, though. I want to be yeah. there when that happens. Yeah. It's a bit like it's it's that Liverpool game, isn't it? With the 7 2 is like, yeah. um, I actually did, a, I did a, a, a bit of interview for Athletic at the time. Um, and they were talking about, uh, I think it was at the time, was the pay per view games and all that kind of stuff. And they were saying, you know, about the, it was just after Villa beat Liverpool 7 2. And I said, it was amazing. Like, it was amazing watching their sort of jaws open. But the fact that we couldn't be there, it sort of did dampen my mood a little bit. And I think the same with if we beat Man United. It's just a shame if we were to beat them for us not to be there, finally see us beating them. But I think we beat them in the cup, didn't we? I think it was a 99. They had Bosnich and their kids playing. Yeah, it was like, they, yeah. 3 0, we beat them. But there's so, there's so many games. I mean, I remember the Ian Taylor on the score sheet. Ian Taylor on the score sheet, yeah. yeah. FA Cup game when we uh, when we scored oh. early on. Uh, um, the we game. Were with, up, we're tuning up, weren't we? Phil Neville scored no goal. Paul Lambert, when we. No, was it Paul Lambert, was it? Or McLeish yeah, or Lambert? It was no, Houllier when, uh, when we were 2 0 up. Was and Lambert. Really? And Lambert, yeah. Lambert, yeah. We were 2 0 up and then they, sc- they scored two goals. And yeah, again, again, some under Martin Neal, Match Gator scored that goal. And it's just like, and Houlier, so three managers in a row. We were 2 0 we yeah. up, I think. I don't know. It's just it's crazy, but it just doesn't seem to be going for a bit. But I mean, we're in form. Well, we seem to be back in form and playing well. We've got a great defence. So it's going to be tough, tough ask. But the, the, the part that worries me is our wingers. Because I know they were fantastic against Everton, but coming up against Luke. Sure, Juan Bissaka is a completely different Bissaka, yeah. yeah. It's a different game. You know, Juan Bissaka is a cracking player. And I thought last time out, Maguire handled Watkins really well um, and sort of mm. played, played him out of the game as well. So it's going to be a difficult one. There's no reason why we can't win, um, especially after they, you know, they've just they've played uh, today as well. But I don't know. I just, I just can't see it. I need, it's I need, a curse, maybe, mate. It's an yeah. absolute curse. Solskjaer could bring himself on at half-time if they were losing. He'd probably, probably score a hat-trick. He probably will. He probably will. It's, it's ridiculous. I just... I, Remember Makeda? I said this on the Athletic. Remember Makeda? I only ever played against Villa. That guy. He only ever scored against us. Didn't do anything after that, did he? I don't think. Uh, I was at the Old Trafford game where he, he curled one in, in in stoppage time. Even the season after, he uh, he, he popped up with the goal at Villa Park in that in that Julio game from absolutely nowhere. Hadn't played all season. They brought him on and he and he scored. I was quite worried when he went. I remember being quite worried when he went to Blues that we might end up playing them and that he'd probably just score <laughs> score a hat trick. Makeda. I went to Blues. <laughs> honestly, we have. A, this is a curse. Against yeah. Manu. I mean, and they'll, the Gla- they'll get a pen. The they'll, get a pen. Up front and they'll get a pen, won't they, as well? Oh, Penandes will have one. That pen. On Con- on those last two pens they've got off against us. Just, and something like that will happen. I'm, I'm, so I've got me really... After a really buoyant first half of the okay. pod, I'm, I'm feeling a bit down. But no, I mean, let's be honest, you know, we're, we're it's going to be a difficult game, but they're going to be tired. They're going to mix up the teams a little bit. Um, and... You know, we're, we're, we're firing at the moment. So you never know. And I think it all depends on, on the midfield again, if they win that battle, Barkley and Watkins, how we how we play on the on the counter. 
as well uh, because they will push on. But there's no there's no reason why we can't win. You know, we've got the players there to beat anyone on our day. Um, but we'll see. Half of me thinks, you know, they haven't got anything to play for, really. They're second. They're going to come second, whatever they do now, I would say. Yeah. You know, they probably want to win, win the Europa League. They've got a lot of game, big games coming up mm. as, as well. You know, they, they might rotate a little bit. You know, we're on... We're on decent form. We might be able to play on the counter-attack, like you say. If we play like we did against Everton, there's no reason why we can't beat them. We've given the big teams some good games this season. You know, We gave them a great game at Old Trafford, actually, yeah. as well. Admittedly, we were a different kind of beast there, and obviously Jack was playing. But, you know, there's no reason why we can't beat them. It is just the curse that plays in your head, because we, we never win, and it is like a home ground for them, Villa Park. If we, if we win, then I'll be dreaming of Europe again. I'll be getting the pass. Oh, yeah. Out. Yeah. Definitely, we've got, Everton, we've got Everton next week, haven't we, as well? So, eight could get Europe as well, couldn't it? I've got to be honest. I, I, don't, I think, think it's Europa, seven. There's this Europa conference, though, that I don't, I've got to be honest, I don't particularly understand. I haven't done enough research in it to see what I, it is. But I think I looked at it. Happen, I think eight can get Europe. I'm not sure. I looked at that because the people were saying that today, and then other people uh, were saying it was only seventh, seven. but I've no idea. But I mean, if, if we finish top 10, then that is a massive achievement. If we finish top eight, then that's an amazing season. Uh, I think that's all we can really ask for. Anything beyond that is, you know, a bit like dreamland really at this stage, but I don't want to go over it all ground, but it is like a missed opportunity, I think, at the same time as well, because, you know, those a few of those games that we should have won will be, will be right up there. Yeah. yeah. Give me give me a prediction for uh, for Sunday. I'm, what I've taken away from this is we're probably going to go turn it up. We probably still won't win, and McAdoo will probably come on and score. That's what <laughs> I've taken away from this. Uh, I'm going to go for... I think we'll go 2-0 up, we'll go back to 2-2, and then we'll score a winner last minute, 3-2. Oh, don't. Yeah. Don't. I, th- Jack I, got, I, honestly, I think there was a phase where I used to have nightmares about Alex Ferguson doing his like trotting celebration, like running onto the pitch. And Remember the Man U fans? They always used to pile on the pitch as well when I score at Villa yeah. Park. They, they yeah, they're, they're, they're a good, they're a good bunch, bunch of away fans, though. They oh, are. yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. But they, they loved Villa Park as well, didn't they? Because it's just a guaranteed win for them Yeah. over the years. That's, they that's why Gary play. Neville loves it so much as well. Yeah. What about it? But no, we, we got lost there. That is a shame Villa fans aren't there because I think at this stage of the season, the way that we've done and how we've done, that could make that could make a massive difference. But I don't know. We'll see. But you know, this team's heading in the right direction. But if it doesn't happen this season, I reckon it'll happen next season. We'll beat them at home. It's going to come. Yeah, well, it's got to happen at some point. It, it does, it's, it's a ridiculous record. It must be the worst record that a side we'll has pro- against. We'll probably, we'll side. probably win the league before we beat Man United at home. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It has to be the worst record. I don't think yeah, any other team have a worse record against a club. Sure is. Loads of teams will have beaten Manu at home over the years. Burnley beat Manu at home when, when they first got promoted. I remember Robbie Blake scored, you know, so it feels like Probably, yeah. every team's done it. We've done it once in all those years we've been in, in the Premier League. It's <laughs> it's absolutely scary, that that record. It's, it's an incredible record, but yeah, it needs to be broken at some point. Part of me wants to be there, but if you offer me the win on, on Sunday... I'll absolutely take it. I think that just about does us for the for the podcast. I said before we came on, we've got so many sponsors that it's we're almost like an F1 car. But just another shout out to, to, to Luke Roper for continuing to sponsor us through the season. And if you do want to get yourself some Luke goodies, some Luke garments, then use our code TVV20 at the checkout and that'll get you 20% off most things. I'm going to put you on the spot before I go, Omar. Do you, do you want to come back for the post-match point on Sunday? Uh, yeah, if I can, mate. I'd love to, yeah. Well, you answered that well. Very politicians answer that well. You didn't it's not that. You know, it's like for me, oh, mate, during the day. I know what like, I like. I, I, get, I, get my, I get my two hours to watch the game and that's it. I'm that's true. Back in it, mate. Back that's in the true. 
But if you, if you can, you're welcome to come on and join us for that post-match point. So yeah, if you, anyone, anyone watching the show tonight wants to come back and join us and watch as well, then then please do. It'll be at about four o'clock, four or five, probably quarter past four by the time we get started. So that's in association with Purity. So make sure you tune in to that. Thanks for watching. Thanks again to Omar up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.